Life is not so bad. Every day above ground is a good day, and I'm very thankful to be alive and saved. Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason is here to remind all of you that it is better to live 30 years and die saved than to live for 300 years and die lost. Welcome to SSWJG. This is a God Bible in Church podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many other podcast apps, with new episodes uploaded Thursdays at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. Please consider subscribing and giving back to SSWJG by scrolling down and giving us a great rating and review. Also, please be sure to go back and listen to our past episodes. Last week's episode is on fire. It's on fire. Rebecca covers her face. It's not a comment. It's a plain Bethel Gandalf Stolics. And I tell you what talking point has really connected most with our listeners was that last segment, Bethel Gandalf Stolics. It's all about the Bethel Church. They had some lady up there with Gandalf staff and they're smacking it into the ground. Thankfully, no wood chips flew anywhere, but they were coming against the Balrog racist devil. And uh, hopefully it works, but there was a lot of great feedback and comments about that. So thank you so much for that. Podcast listeners are loyal, smart, and delightful. So let's you and I stay connected. Follow me on Facebook pages, Instagram, Twitter, and Parlor at Justin C. Gleason. Joining us today, Brother Tyler Sullivan. Brother Sullivan is a singer and a recording artist. You will hear in this episode a preview, sound clips of his song, Jesus Hymn, that will be released on his new project coming up later this year. Brother Sullivan is also a graphic designer. And he has a powerful ministry as an evangelist, bringing revival to local churches and major church church events. He serves as the youth president of the Western District of the UPCI. For more information and scheduling, follow Brother Sullivan on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tyler D. Sullivan. Contact him at TylerDSullivan at gmail.com. You can reference the episode notes for details. Brother Sullivan, welcome to Spirit Signal. Hey, my friend, it's good to be with you today. How are you? I am fantastic. You doing all right over there in California? Man, I am doing great right now. I am in the beautiful city of Eureka, which is about two hours south of the Oregon border. And it's just beautiful right now. It's about 58 degrees outside Mm. with the morning mist just rolling through the trees and overcast skies and looks like it's going to clear up here in a while to be a beautiful high today of about 64 degrees so man it's awesome it's awesome up here just so hearing that right the there world. puts me in a better mood it put, it put me <laughs> that is therapeutic and us here in the hot muggy midwest we need that hey brother sullivan speaking of western district the state yes, of california has been number two on the Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason listenership. So go California. And so, yeah, California gets it. They realize it, that podcasting is the future, and they want to be a part of making sure that we have a future in it. So we're going to dedicate this episode to the beautiful golden state of uh, California. Uh, Brother Sullivan, when you uh, minister, one thing that I've noticed that I love is you (laughs) open up most of your messages with a song, right? Uh, you know, it's just kind of been my MO for the last uh, few years. It's, it just helps me to get into the flow a little bit and makes it a little bit easier as uh, as the service progresses. And uh, just, you know, when you go into a, a, a church that you don't really know, or maybe they don't know you, it just kind of, it's almost like it's a, it's kind of a greeting. And so it just helps you to understand mm-hmm. the church a little bit better and just helps them to relate with you a little bit. So, Yeah. Um, I just, I love a lot of the old songs and I'll typically start with an old song because I don't know if the church, man, where one of those doesn't go over in some form or fashion. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Okay. You said an old song and, uh, I like that and it's very rare. 
to to be kind of a throwback. I, I don't really call it throwback. I I, <laughs> I think what we did in the 50s, 60s, and 70s with the sound and a lot of the the doctrine and the ideas uh, still work today, but it's rare. But you said it helps make a connection and. You know, every church has its own its own ways. Everybody has its own patterns. But I'm sure there's times you get to the pulpit and you just feel like there is no anticipation, no expectation <laughs> there. And you, you got you got to have a song to save the service. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, thankfully, man, that that doesn't happen too often. Uh, man, a lot of great churches where I'm privileged to go. And I. In the in the cases that does happen, yeah, that song just helps open it up a little bit. So, um, just but for the most part, everybody that uh, I'm visiting seems to get into the flow really easy, and it just makes things a lot easier. Last year, I was watching you on Facebook Live, Abundant Light, Silsby, Texas, Bishop Doug White, Pastor Ben White, and you opened up with "Because of yeah. Who You Are." And bro, I I was eating a slice of cake, drinking coffee, having a good time. (laughs) You know, everybody's there for revival. I'm just there to passively watch. And bro, I had to put the cake and the pie down. I started to weep, man. I mean, bro, you touched my heart. I, I, I I mean, the Holy Ghost move. And I don't think that night there was any preaching, man. The Holy Ghost just broke out, you know, as you just sang, just because of how amazing God is. What a song. Uh, What a song. Man, it really is. I usually do that one, or I'll open up with um, uh, The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. And both of those songs, they're just powerful statements. And man, I I remember that service with the Whites. And that was was awesome. That was an awesome time down in Silsby. It's, of course, such great people, such a powerful church, too. And so, uh, man, I just love it when the Lord takes over. And hey, you know, honestly, if we don't get past that moment, that's great, too. Just whatever the Lord wants. And I've kind of found that out over the years. Just, Just go with the flow, man. Go with what God wants to do for that service. And don't uh, don't let yourself get in the way. So I like that. Go with the flow. You know, you you have a plan, you have a script, but chances are, if you come into it with the right heart, the right spirit, the right attitude, you're prayed up. You really don't have to prepare all that much. You just yeah. kind of let God yeah. do what He wants to do, and and really, that's that's uh, the ministry of an evangelist. You know, pastoral ministry is geared towards leading. You preach to lead. Everything you do is to lead. But evangelist, from what I've observed through the years, is it's more of a pushing ministry. It's like John the baptizer. He's a voice crying in the wilderness, making straightway the paths of the Lord. And you're you're pushing the people. Is is that kind of what you do? Yeah. You know, honestly, I approach each service, um, obviously, with prayer. And we'll probably be talking about prayer in this uh, podcast today, but I I typically try to approach each service with um, trying to find the vein or the flow of what the Lord wants to do. And what I've found over the years, there's usually, uh, my dad taught me a lot of this, but he taught me there's usually six ways that the service is going to go um, for that particular morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time your service is. Mm -hmm. Uh, He taught me that it's either going to be number one, it's either going to be a service where there's, uh, it's geared toward the positive ed- edification for the saint. Hmm. You know, that's going to contain faith, encouragement, hope, love, grace, uh, whatever, overcoming power for burnout, stress, trials of life, so forth, so on. Oh, uh, the second thing, um, uh, the second way that a service will flow is through positive edification for the sinner. And that contains, you know, redemption, remissions of sins, release of shame. Uh, and you can go on. And uh, the third way that a service might go is it's going to be the spirit of conviction to the saint. Mm. Um, and I could I could go on these for a long time, but I'll just go through them quick. The fourth, uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember them right now. The fourth is the spirit of conviction of sin for the unbeliever and the sinner. And uh, the fifth way, it's either going to be the supernatural or the prophetical. And the sixth way is you just got to have good church sometimes. If you just can't find Come the flow, yeah. can't find the way that, you know, God wants to do, sometimes you just got to have good church. And so right. I approach each service uh, with 
one of those things in mind. God, which way are you going for this service? God, which way are you mm. trying to flow in this? What, what's your purpose? I think if we can find the purpose um, of what God wants to do in each service, because he does have one. He really does. And there's not going to be a service that goes by where there's uh, no point to that service. God is mm. going to have a purpose, any point to every move of God. Uh, move of his spirit. And so if you can find that, man, it's going to be a lot easier. You're going to see a lot of more, a lot more things happen. You're going to, if you can get in that vein, God's going to do some great, great things. So, bro, those are terrific talking points. And I, I'm, I wrote them down here. I can't think of any other thing uh, that could possibly happen, you know, in a service. I, th I think, I think you're dead. Bishop Sullivan uh, has got a revelation there. The only uh, one I could mention maybe is bad church. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just it could go it could be an absolute disaster. And you know, sometimes hey, that's just a reminder of, those, of uh it doesn't have to be perfect. You just got to make the curve. But you know, I think for the most part everybody knows when you come to when you come to church, you know, make something out of it. Give it 100%, you know. Amen. You know, do Amen. everything you do in life, we should be giving it a hundred percent. If you're going to sing, Absolutely. give it a hundred percent. If you're going to preach, give it a hundred percent. If you're going to eat, give it a hundred percent. If you're going to tell jokes, <laughs> give it a hundred percent, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. So you're recording, you're uh, working on a project, a recording <clears throat> project coming out soon, a hymn project, right? I am, man. Yeah. Uh, I've been working on it for a while. It's just something I've wanted to do. It's actually going to be a, it's going to be a hymns project and it's going to contain uh, probably 10 to 12 of my favorite just hymns. Uh, maybe not necessarily only hymns, but uh, maybe just some songs that'll help uh, help you get into the flow and help you get into the um, get where the spirit's at. And I just uh, at this at this crazy time in life right now, where we're at, and where we're uh, at the things everybody's facing. I just man, I, I I long for the music. I just try to uh, listen to the stuff that I can uh, that's going to get me into the presence of the Lord that much mm. quicker. Um, and, uh, just those songs that man, okay. I, and I realize there's a time to weep. There's a time to uh, rejoice. There's a time for war. And I, I can go through all of those again, but man, right. whatever I can listen to, that's going to get me into the presence of the Lord, the fastest. And sometimes it's not a quick process, but whatever I can listen to, to get me to where God's at, that's what I want to do, uh, in a quickly, timely fashion. So, I, uh, I I try to I have a playlist that I listen to on a daily basis. Man, it's just made up of songs. Okay, it's just going to usher me into the presence of the Lord. It's just going to help me um, do what I do what I need to do. And so I, I'm gonna, I'm going to try to get ten to twelve of my favorite songs together that that do that. So it's not necessarily going to be an album where you know there's a lot of band in it. There's a lot of uh, background vocals that type of a thing. It's just going to be something for meditation, consecration, to kind of get in the flow. So I'm working on it right now, and I'm excited about it. It's been about, yeah. man, seven years since I've put anything out, and I need to get something out. It's a, it's a lot different than when I uh, would travel years ago. You know, back then you sold CDs. Now you promote iTunes. <laughs> and I'm all about it. Push push people towards that. So I'm excited about it. Yeah, man, me too. Uh, yeah, well, we'll we will definitely uh, be looking for that. Hopefully we can uh, do that around Christmas time. You, you have a Christmas album too, don't you? Available for, for purchase, I do, right? man. I do. That That's on iTunes. It is. That's on iTunes. Um, Christmas I, in July. Uh, <laughs> I could use a little bit of that about right now. Come on, somebody. I yeah. love Christmas music, man. You can listen to it year round and it'd be, uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. That's right. Put on some Bing Crosby in July. Good. Well, I wish you blessings and success in this project. I know it's going to be great. You know, man, Pentecostal music t took on its own culture, I would say, in, in the 50s and 60s. Kind of that real um, <laughs> traditional melodic sound with, with a little bit of swing to it, right? Yeah. And, you know, and I, that was the sound of that day, and it just kind of shaped classical Pentecostal music. And I love it. Now, of course, you know, if, if you've, you've been around here, spirit signal, we, we, we like, a I don't call it headbanging music, but head moving music, 
you know, and uh, it's not really meant for church. It's really meant for podcasting, <laughs> but let the record show. And by giggling and laughing uh, over there, Brother Sullivan, you're a closet metalhead too, and you know it. <laughs> and you don't have to confirm or deny that, but... You know, oh, we good. we want, uh, of course, podcasting not to so much feel like church, but kind of a conversation you might have in the car, at the coffee table, or wherever. But uh, I'm glad to bring uh, a little bit of this this new song, Jesus Hymn, on here. I think it is very catchy. Uh, it touched my heart. But uh, can, I, can I make a recommendation on this project? Can I make a recommendation? Absolutely, man. You know what? Okay. Now, we love bands. We love the, the sound of... Uh, of a melodic rock, melodic pop that we're, that we're playing nowadays. And I, I mean, uh-huh. it's, it does put your spirit in a good mood. It's very easy to, easy to worship to, but I tell you what, it's been a long time, but as a kid, I remember going and visiting guest churches where they didn't have drums, guitars, bass, and all that. All it was, mm-hmm. was an upright piano and, Absolutely. and a old Pentecostal lady, a real dignified, classic, classy looking lady with her hair piled up on top of her head. You know, and uh, the perfume of white diamonds, you know, would have a handkerchief up there and just playing in that upright piano. And we sang to that. I'm telling you what, man, you couldn't help but weep, cry. God would move. So uh, you need to find you need to find uh, uh, an older Pentecostal lady, woman of God to play an upright piano. Just stick a microphone in that. You stick a microphone in your face and that's how you sing, bro. So, all right. Hey, people joke about what they're serious about. All right. No, absolutely, man. I, I, you know, it was a little bit before my time, but I just see pictures of it and stuff. You see, you see the ladies with the oatmeal boxes in their hair, uh, oh. piling their hairdos, man, that's whatever, real? you know, two feet, three feet high. Oh yeah. The boxes. Oh, yeah. That's how they did that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cause anytime I, t- I try to talk to, uh, any of my family members or sisters in the church, they go silent. They don't talk about it. It's like a, the secret, you know? The cereal box secret. Yeah. You know, uh, my dad sent me a screenshot of a, of a picture of his, the church he grew up in Midway Tabernacle in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, pastor S G Norris, a picture of their schedule that they had for years, like thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, all that. It is amazing how much church they had. They had Sunday morning, uh, Mm -hmm. Sunday school at 10 AM Sunday school church at like, 11 a.m. Come back for Sunday night at 8 p.m. You know what's interesting? In the old days, they had church at 8 p.m. on on any 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 night, just about. Man, I think that's because my guess. I should probably ask Dad about this. Is because people didn't go out to eat. Services either. Do what? They weren't 30 minute services. No, they were like two 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 and a half hours. That's right. And bro, you talk about their song services. I mean, nowadays you go over 20, 25 minutes, it feels too long. They would sing for for a good, like, 75 minutes. They'd have 11 songs picked out of that hymnal. No? <laughs> Each with and, five verses. Yeah. Five verses. <laughs> That's how they did it, man. And and they and they loved it. You know, times have changed. Th- things are different. But I think, the, I, I wonder, I'm like the 8 p.m. I, But the only thing I can figure it is they, they didn't have restaurants back then. And so you yeah. ate before church. So it was time to get home from work, get dinner, get ready, and come out to the house of the Lord. And then you went home and went to bed, did it all over again. Mm-hmm. But that Sunday a.m., Sunday p.m., Tuesday, I, I, I got this here, Tuesday night, Bible study. Okay. Thursday night, prayer. Friday night, youth. Of course, we know the whole family came out to youth. And then mm-hmm. Saturday, interest groups. They would have like games they'd played or uh, a rummage sale or something or outreach or something. So, I mean, Mondays and Wednesdays were kind of the day off sort of. Yeah. But yeah. But uh, I, my opinion is the pathway to revival is less church. Ain't that right, Brother Sullivan? <laughs> well, man, it sounds <laughs> like uh, you've got it all figured out there. So. Uh- <laughs> Well, <laughs> I've been saying that for years, you know, people ask oh, us yeah. here at our, our local church, well, do you have Sunday nights? And I'm like, yeah, we have Sunday nights at 11 a.m. And they just kind of look at me like, huh? <laughs> Come on. Come and on now. I guess the way I figured it was back in the old days, either you had a good Sunday a.m. and a disastrous Sunday p.m. or vice versa. You had a very me- mediocre Sunday morning and then you had shake your hair down, shout. Sunday night service. And we thought, you know what, we're just going to have good church all the time and we're going to do it on Sunday mornings. But, uh, you know, occasionally we do, uh, 
uh, Sunday nights here. But, uh, you know, I just like the flair and flavor of old, old school style church uh, with a new modern uh, schedule. You know, praise the Lord. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah. nowadays, man, you really I can't say that and laugh less less church is the pathway to revival, considering, you know, what we've been through this year. And, uh, you know, you 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 remember you were here with us uh, the last Sunday before all this happened, March 15th, right? Yeah. Man, yeah, you guys uh, were the last flight that I took um, for three and a half months. And uh, you guys were the last live service that I was in until, what was it, man, like two, three weeks, a month ago, something Mm -hmm. like that when churches somewhat started opening up again. Um, but yeah, man, when I was with you guys, it was the last service before everything, everything shut down. And, uh, I remember even at that service, some people were hesitant and there were just, it was just, man, uh, Oh, there was tension, uh, bro. Yeah, it was super tense. And it was just the spirit of fear, uh, was there and people just didn't know what to do. And just because we didn't know what we were fighting. And so, uh, um, you know, even before all the policies and restrictions, our church just got right into the social distancing frame of mind. Well, yeah, I remember most of that. Us, I remember that. There's still those people out there, you know, that believe you ought to lick the doorknob just to prove that you have faith. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm not one of them. So. <laughs> not me. Okay, you mentioned the plane ride home, bro. And you obviously fly a lot, bro. What was that plane ride like? Ugh. I, you know, the man, I'm trying to remember, uh, cause I've flown a couple times since then, but, uh, if I remember right, it was just, everybody was quiet. They weren't requiring masks yet to be, mm-hmm. you know, on the plane or anything like that. It was, uh, it, it hadn't like started taking its toll quite on, uh, America yet. And everybody was still a little bit chill, but there was a little bit of apprehension in the air. Um, when I flew, Three weeks ago, I was headed towards New Mexico uh, to preach out there. And when I flew then, man, you walked into the airport. It was literally uh, like Armageddon or uh, um, the apocalypse. That's what I'm looking for. There was nobody. There was nobody in there. And I I was sat there in the gate by myself. <laughs> I sat there in the gate by myself and uh, until it was time to board, people started showing up. And I think it was a Southwest plane and out of the, however many seats they have, there was only 39 of us. So pretty much everybody had their own row and it started to come back a little bit, but still it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, people are pretty, pretty nervous, pretty tense when Ugh. you get on planes and you know, it's, uh, it's, st- I mean, you get into a metal, a metal tube and you, you fly breathing the same air for two, three hours. So it's, mm. it's, uh, it's, everybody's going to be a little bit tense. So <laughs> absolutely. I already have anxieties getting on a plane and you know what? I, my biggest fear is not that this plane's going to crash or anything. Uh, first of all, I don't like to be hassled. And I feel like every time I fly, I'm just, I'm hassled. You know, you're at their mercy. You know, you get on Southwest Airlines, they herd you like cattle into that plane. Absolutely. (laughs) And then you're worried, am I going to get stuck next to sitting by some fat guy with a disease or am I going to be back (laughs) next to the laboratory door opening and closing all that laboratory air blowing out into the cabin? I mean, mean, there's just all kinds of anxieties, but uh, God bless our evangelist, you know, who put up with that traveling to and from and, uh, you know, we pray that God keeps his hand upon your, your health and your safety. But oh, I want to talk you. about uh, your, your opinions on the quarantine church. You know, I watched a lot of church uh, during the quarantine, and I, I, I loved it. I absolutely, uh, absolutely loved it, seeing how churches do it. You know, some people were already prepared. They'd already been doing it. Then some people, all they had really was an iPhone, you know, turned it on its side. Some people didn't, and you had to watch Sideways Church. <laughs> but praise God, you know, some people got into it and, and did it. And it worked out okay. But what do you think about these churches that did nothing? That did nothing. What? How does that hit you? There were churches that did nothing during this time. They shut the doors and said, go on vacation. We're done. Well, we'll, we'll see you whenever. Well, man, you know, in the middle of all of this, in the middle of everything that's happening right now, I think that the Lord presented us with a great opportunity to advance the church and a lot of people who a lot of churches um that weren't 
caught up with technology in in a certain sense uh, as far as live stream and stuff like that i think what this pandemic has done has it, it's caused people to um reevaluate some ways that they're gonna do things and are doing things and it's helped i think the church overall to become more effective to reach more people i i can't tell you how many churches i've been in where they're doing live stream now where they weren't before and they're saying man we have so many more people watching we have we have more people talking to us from across the united states and some in other countries that we know they're just saying man what a blessing your church has been to us what a blessing your ministry is and i i realize that not everything's going to be perfect on a live stream and i honestly i don't think it should be as far as you know being without glitches and being without flaws and that kind of thing because i mean there's no such thing as a perfect church the only perfect church that's going to be in existence is when we all get to heaven but i think that when uh people begin to allow things like what we're in the middle of right now to help them progress and help them advance i think it's a great thing man because uh people have told me hey you know we have people from our community watching now our our our, yeah. our 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 arm is getting longer as far as within our city limits and beyond and people have watched like i said i've heard these reports over and over people have watched live stream of church live stream uh, uh broadcasts of churches and man they're saying hey can we come and get baptized tomorrow or yeah. can we come and learn more about the can we get a bible study can we get something going on uh, just so we can learn more about what we're seeing and what we're watching. So I think throughout everything that we're going through right now, the Lord has allowed, has allowed the church to advance in a lot of ways. And so, uh, man, as far as churches that have done nothing, I haven't ran across too many of those. I mean, it's just, you know, it's from what I can see, it's what the pastor feels and whatever he thinks is best for his congregation. And, uh, uh, I just, I just know the Lord is helping us to reach. He's helping us to advance. And, uh, through all of this, I think the Lord, it, the Bible says that the Lord is somehow going to get some glory. I don't know what he's doing through all of this. You know, we sing that song, even when I don't see him, he's working. Um, even when I don't feel him, he's working and the Lord yes. some way is going to get some glory out of all of this. And so, uh, that I think what we, the strides that we have made as a church, overall and uh during this pandemic are uh just remarkable to watch and i applaud every pastor every church out there who's making strides and sacrificing you know honestly i've I've been praying for our pastors right now because the decisions they're having to make and the things that they're having to do right now are just there a lot of people are just having to go unscripted and they don't have all the answers right now and they've got to do their best to try and have all the answers but through all of this i'm praying that god strengthens our pastors and strengthens our ministers just to be able to navigate through these and we hear this term a lot uncharted waters but out here in california right now it's you know it's it's a little bit different than a lot Mm. of other places our governor has said that we can not have church and uh in the majority of our counties and he said that we can no longer have home bible studies in our houses he said we can't sing in church and so it's it's a little bit different of a ball game right now than we're used to but i've just watched the church adapt i've watched them go outdoors and begin to do tent services i've watched them begin to get everybody outside and man people are sacrificing people are living this and they're out there and 80, 90, 100 degree heat having church. I mean, it's almost like going back to the brush arbor days in a sense. Oh, yes. And what's what's amazing is, Come on. guess what? God's still moving. God's still doing great things. He's still filling people with the Holy Ghost. And so watching the adaptability of the church in an unknown hour has been one of the most inspiring things that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm man, just props to every pastor and every minister out there who's making the church go forward in this end time hour. That's right. The the scripture be instant in season and out of season took on a totally di- different meaning uh, for all of us. And we had to think instantly, get on our feet, you know, and, and not miss a beat. And uh, it truly has been a remarkable 
to see people do all of this, but I, I want to say to the churches that did something, God is going to bless you for it. Uh, the churches that did nothing, you better start doing something. Get after it. Be instant in season and out of season. Do whatever you can. Uh, let, let me. I want to ask you about one thing. Another thing that I feel like this uh, uh, kind of exposed, and you and I have chatted a little bit about this, is that guys who depend upon hype and audience feedback, and that's all their ministry is. <laughs> they really struggled, didn't they, <laughs> during all of this? I mean, you, you watch him. I saw one guy. He jumps off the pulpit, runs up, puts his face in the camera, and he's like, "Is anybody watching me? Are there any amens?" Can I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, I mean, right. The, the churches, it really exposed, you know, maybe some flaws that we have in our church operations. Well, you so, know, in Pentecost, I don't need to interrupt you if you got, uh, no, no, go ahead. In Pentecost, interrupt me. you know, we, we, <laughs> we preach a lot of, a lot of, we preach a lot of times for response and that's just part of who we are. We get excited about our faith. We get excited about miracles, signs, and wonders. But at the same time, what do you do when there's nobody there for you to preach for a response? <laughs> I think that um, right now, this has separated a lot of what we know from quote unquote, our type of preaching to, uh, you know, navig helping saints navigate through mm -hmm. uh, these times because, you know, and, and honestly, you felt it before and I felt it before. I can feel the anointing when it gets on somebody coming through the screen. I, I've, I've, I've felt oh, yeah. it many times and I'm like, man, that's powerful right there. But I don't think that screaming at a camera just nonstop now is going to be for the edification of the saints. I think that right now uh. we're going to have to really get our minds in the word and we're going to have to really get our, uh, prayer lives going because man, go. if, if we, if we don't, we're going to miss what God is trying to do right now. Maybe he's not calling us to be out there screaming to everybody. And it's hard for me because I get excited when I get in the pulpit personally, and I just get in that flow and I, you know, preach till I'm dripping wet with sweat all over, you know, it's just, it's man, mm, I, yes. I, uh, uh, I think right now, uh, direction and edification and teaching is really helping people at this moment in time, just because I want to hear something that, okay, wow, I can agree with that right there. Cause you got to think, man, if you look at the, if you look at the latest polls, um, I believe it's a little over 50% and the latest surveys, it's a little over 50% are watching their own home church service live. That's it. It's only about 50%. And you got to think out of those 50% that are watching their service live, man, how many of them while they're watching the preaching are folding laundry are drinking coffee are just <laughs> their, their minds are not focused on the word and they're just doing their norm. They're balancing their checkbook. And it's just kind of, it's basically seed falling on bad ground. And so now uh, we have to, make sure that we're prayed up and we're in the vein. God, what do you want to tell the church today? What do you want to speak to your people today? Because man, we've got to be in that vein or else we're going to miss it. We're going to miss the moment. Absolutely. Yeah. This, this was a season, you know, some guys were saying we're revival is going to happen. The church has left the building. We're going to, we're going to make so many disciples. And I thought, you know, yeah, here and there a little bit, if you've already been doing it, you'll do it again. But I thought of this as more of an opportunity to slow society down a little bit. We were, uh, you know, going too fast and really at ease. Things were so good right now, at least here in America. And this was an opportunity, I think, for parents to begin to teach and disciple their children. It was an opportunity for marriages to heal. It was an opportunity to have home-cooked meals again. You know, yeah. to, to shut things down, you know, that's what we did and strengthen my family during all of this. And, you know, something that we, that we emphasized and just something that I've seen is people who wanted to be spiritual during all, all of this, they've been spiritual. And the people who have been carnal through all of this have uh, <laughs> wanted to uh, be carnal. But I thank God for a, a evangelist like you that come and, and shake that up and, um, you know, get us, get us right and have those moments of conviction, uh, to be ready for the soon coming of the Lord. I want to, uh, 
shift into kind of your ministry as, as a youth president in, involved with uh, your district and just, I, I know you, you preach and are involved in, in youth ministry all over. And, you know, kind of during the teen years, at least for my teen years, teens, as teenagers, you kind of figure out who you are. Then when you get into your 20s, you kind of figure out where you're going. And by the yeah. time you're in your 30s, hopefully you're there. You stay successful at it through your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And by the time you're in your 60s, you're trying to get out of it, right? So let's talk about in that gap of life when you're trying to figure out who you are and kind of where you're going. And really, if, if you follow the Holy Ghost, you're in a good church, you got a good relationship with your pastor, you got good parents to give you some wisdom, you're, you're going to be set up. But the, some of the things that I see that ruin that for young people is spiritual setbacks. And that's dating bad, perhaps having a bad breakup, you're involved with a job or a school activity that is just not good for your spirituality. And then sometimes just you get in a state of depression, just kind of like a, a cloud, a, a funk, you know, during all of that. Uh, what are some of your uh, advice to, to those who are in their teens and their 20s listening to this, how to, uh, things to do to identify maybe you're in a setback, how to get out of that setback and keep on moving forward, Brother Sullivan? Yeah, man, I uh, just kind of listening to your question there. It's uh, we're all going to go through those times where we have a setback, no matter how old you are. Mm. And I, I realize that you know. As uh, can a you can person, you repeat that? Who who's going to go through this? Everybody. Ev there you go. There everybody. you go. Yeah, no exceptions, man. But as a young person, you're going to have times when you have a lot of questions. And honestly, having some questions isn't a bad thing because there is an answer to them. And when you have those questions, you just have to make sure that you're in the, uh, you're in the right frame of mind to get the counsel that's going to benefit you the best. And that counsel is going to come from your man of God. Uh, and one thing, I, if I could just say it, you need to draw close to your man of God and uh, your pastor and your pastor's wife because they're going to guide you through a lot of decisions and a lot of things that uh, in times in your life when you're wondering, man, what am I going to do here? How, how do I, how do I navigate this? One of the worst things you can do is to withdraw and be a recluse when you're having those questions in life. Uh, when you say questions, well, what do you mean? What kind of questions? Well, is God really real? Is what am I supposed mm. to be doing in life? Is this what I'm called to do? What is my calling? I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. And the best thing that I can say is for you to, number one, develop a prayer life. And when you begin to develop that prayer life as a young person, that's what's going to sustain you through many of the years of uh, your life as a, when you become a young adult, when you become a young adult, that's one of the grounding uh, 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 foundations that's going to keep you going through those times. And when you begin to develop that and learn to be in the presence of the Lord, it's funny, I was talking with a pastor, a friend of mine yesterday, who uh, pastors a great church up here in Eureka, Brother Jonathan McDonald. And oh, yeah. we just begin to talk about the uh, presence of the Lord. And when this when this whole pandemic started, I, I like everybody else, had a lot of questions and mm. had a lot of uh, uh, you know, anxieties. Man, what's going to happen now? What's what's got to take place? And I, I began to make a list of the things that I would never take for granted again. Um, one of the things was uh, restaurants, and uh, the second thing was yes. the altar. Oh. And the third thing was the pre the presence of God when I'm with his people. And those those three things just stuck it on my mind. And I was like, man, I, I miss all of these things. And I made up my mind that, you know what, um, when I have an opportunity to do all of these things again, I'm going to do them. And going back to what I was saying earlier, one of the greatest things you can do is learn to get into the presence of the Lord, learn to get into his presence because there's something about being in the presence of the Lord that God loves because God, God said, it isn't, it isn't good for man to be alone because the fact of the matter is God doesn't like being alone. 
And the Bible begins by talking about the presence of the Lord, and it goes on. And when we learn to get into the presence of the Lord as a young person, you're going to find out that many of the answers that you have questions uh, to, many of the things that you need in life are going to be found when you get into his presence. And um, just tell me if I'm going off topic here, man, but uh, we we just begin to think about it. And I begin to put right down all these things that what happens when you get into the presence of the Lord and you got to understand how to get into his presence. But when you get into his presence, in his presence, there's fullness of joy Yes. in the presence of the Lord. There's glory and there's honor Um, in his presence. The scripture says there's strength and gladness. When you get into his presence, he hears and then he helps. When you get into the presence of the Lord, enemies fall and perish. Uh, The Bible says there's a secret place when I'm in his presence. Mm. In his presence, mountains are thrown down. In his presence, steep places and walls fall. And in his presence, times of refreshing come. And so if you can learn as a young person, okay, I've I've got to draw close to the man of God. I've got to draw close to God. And I've got to get into the presence of the Lord. I guarantee you that when you get into his presence, many of the questions that you have are going to be answered. And so that's kind of a roundabout way of kind of answering your question right there. Yeah. But, um, man, just what I would say to every young person out there is you don't know what tomorrow holds and every moment that you can get into the presence of the Lord and get behind your man of God. Can I just say that? Get behind. Yeah. Tell it again. Your man. Of it's about God. the fifth time you said it. Say, say it more, please. Get behind the man of God in your life. One of the things, and maybe I'll get in trouble for saying this, but nope, one nope. of the things that's no just here. been, it's just been on my, uh, uh, just, it's just been bugging me lately is when young people will, get so involved with social media preachers and get so behind social media ministers and, and all that. And man, don't forget about your pastor. Don't forget about the man of God in your life, because he's the one who's going to give an account for you one day, not the social media preacher, not the social media speaker. And, And I'm not bashing that right now. What I'm saying is you better be a man in your pastor a lot more than you are that social media preacher. And man, as a young person, get close to him. Learn the ways of your pastor and get behind him. I promise you, God's going to honor that. Ain't that the truth. All right, young people, hyphen, you heard it. The presence of God, that is your number one defense against a spiritual setback. And you think about this, when you're in the presence of God, God's going to help you make the right decisions. He'll help you know who you should be dating or who you should not be dating, who you should be breaking up with or who you should not be breaking up with. Um, your job, uh, your school, uh, if, if you're battling depression, you're, ba- you're battling a broken heart, all of that. The presence of God helps guide us uh, in this life uh, to be ready for his soon return. Praise the Lord. Okay, um, there's a lot of... Uh, great aspirations out there for uh, youth to be involved in ministry. And uh, a lot are doing it right, a lot are doing it correctly, but I see a lot of them doing it wrong. We want to talk about the right way to do it and kind of how I teach here on Spirit Signal to for uh, people getting involved in ministry is three things. Number one, you have the call of God. God speaks to you in the thought of your mind audibly with his voice by a dream, something. Somehow, supernaturally, the Lord comes to you and says, I have a uh, call for you to do a certain ministry for me. Next of all, and you should keep that silent. Maybe tell one or two people, but you should keep that to yourself and hold on and wait for confirmation from other ministers. Other ministers, confirmation. And then you wait for the opportunities to come to you, which in most cases comes from your pastor and not a, uh, a televangelist. Uh, what, what do you think about those three things, Brother Sullivan? You get the call of God on your life, you wait for the confirmation of others, and then wait for the the opportunities and promotion that comes through others. Yeah, I, man, that how I is? commend. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I right. commend every... Uh, is that how you did it? Yeah, it was, yeah. 
that's that's pretty much the way it, it it's, happened. It's how all me. the successful ministers work, yeah. right? Absolutely, least, man. All right. It's 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 Absolutely. as simple as that. Okay, so what do you think about these uh people that just kind of run up and grab the mic without being invited? <laughs> is that how is that how it works? <laughs> that's that's how it works for somebody who likes spotlight. There you so. go. But Jesus taught us when you sit at a when you go to a feast, a banquet, don't go to the high seat, sit in the lowest seat, right? Amen. So what do you what would you say about the the guy or the girl out there that feels like I'm not gonna get noticed? What do you think? Well, man, I, first off, I I commend you for answering the call of God on your life. You know, we're all called, but the question is, what are you called to? You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a singer to be quote unquote successful in ministry. If I could just say that, um, I think we have to, as a body, understand when we feel like we're called, we have to understand what God is actually looking for. It's funny at the beginning of his ministry, Paul said, I'm the least of the apostles. Um, in the mid, in the middle of his ministry, he said, I'm the least of the saints. And at the end of his ministry, he said, I'm the chiefest of sinners. And we have to understand what God is really looking for uh, in our calling. And the key to moving forward in our relationship with God comes in that understanding. Because the, the carnal mind will think, okay, God is looking for a great preacher. God is looking for a great musician or a great singer, a great evangelist, somebody with a lot of talents and abilities. It's funny. You think in the upper room, uh, they're discussing, the disciples are discussing and arguing amongst themselves, who's going to be the greatest and uh, who's going to be the best. And I mean, I'm going to be the closest to Jesus. And the others are thinking who would be great among them and thinking within themselves, this is what Jesus is looking for. And their ideas and their thoughts that he's looking for great men to stand and protect him and great men to preach and teach like he did. But Jesus demonstrates to all of them what he's really looking for when he comes in and rises from supper and lays aside his garments and takes the towel and begins to wash their feet. Jesus is demonstrating to them what he is really looking for. And I think we can narrow this down, Justin, to... Uh, Jesus is just looking for a servant hmm. and, uh, you go through scripture servant is mentioned many more times in the Bible than master. And, uh, the Bible even talks about, talks about Job and the Lord says to Satan, where are you coming from? And Satan answers him and said, I've been going to and fro and the earth walking around. And the Lord asks him, has thou considered my servant, Job. And I think that when we begin to get a servant mentality, and, and when I say that, I mean a servant mentality in saying that, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Not my will, but yours be done. When we begin to get that mentality, that's when the Lord says, okay, they've got a, a servant mindset, and they've got a humble and a, a servant thought process that, okay, now I can use them and I can elevate them. And, and that's not why we serve God is for elevation. That shouldn't be why you seek to serve in the kingdom for elevation. You should seek, seek to serve the Lord and to do whatever you can, because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom. And once we get that mentality, uh, God does notice that. But we have to get that servant mentality to say, God, I want to do what you want me to do. Because God's, God's not looking for the best, the greatest, or anything like that. He's just looking for somebody that's going to do what he says to do, do yeah. what he needs to do, to go where he needs them to go. And the only position in the kingdom, position, quote unquote, in God's kingdom is a servant. And one of the biggest, I guess you can call it irks of mine, is when I see somebody wanting to climb the ladder so, so quick without going through the process mm. of servanthood. And they see 
the spotlight and they see the stage and they see the platform. I actually heard your dad say uh, a quote years ago when he was preaching our district conference out here in California, Merced, he said, how big does the platform have to be for you to step on it? Oh yeah. And I, I still remember that to this day and it impacted me as a younger man. And I just thought, man, you know what? I'm not going to seek any position. I'm not going to seek anything. I'm going to let the Lord promote me. However, there he it wants is to promote me. And I refuse to politic. I refuse to get involved in all this other mess that everybody, you know, there's no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. I mean, why in the world would you want to be in a place where you cannot say, God put me here? Why in the world would you want to be in a, in a frame of mind where you know, okay, I got here by myself. And it was not the hand of the Lord. When you're in that, I, I promise you, you're going to constantly be looking, uh, looking behind you, just seeing if there's anybody that's going to try and stab you in the back, seeing if there's anybody that's going to try and get you out of that position because you put yourself there. But when you allow God to promote you and when you allow God to put you where he wants you to be, you don't have to worry about any of that because, okay, God put me here. God can take me out of here. It doesn't matter. And so there's a whole lot of relief in knowing that you're not promoting yourself, but any good thing comes from God. And if he's promoting me and if he's putting me somewhere, I'm going to do the best of my ability to Absolutely. make sure that I am doing what he wants me to do in where he's called me to. And we could talk for a long time about this, man. But it's, uh, if I can just give any advice is, man, don't seek position, seek God. Mm -hmm. Don't seek position, seek what God wants you to do. And if you do that, and if it's God's will, then that will find you. And somebody told me a long time ago, man, um, that's true. The, the position is seeking a person. The person cannot seek the position. There you go. And so when we get that in our minds and we get that in our hearts, okay, God, not my will, not my ambition, not anything in myself, but simply you and what you want to do in my life. Amen. Your will be done. And that's what pastors are looking for. You know, do you really think pastors are out there looking for the person who's ambitious, trying to, you know, take control of, of things <laughs> or does the pastor want somebody who will, who will listen and respect the man of God and serve. Amen. So yeah, you know, it's as simple as that. Believe me, if you got the call of God on your life, your pastor will know it. The evangelists Amen. that come through the church, they'll know it. They'll see it. You don't have to say a thing. They'll just see it on you and you wait for those confirmations and then you'll get little opportunities here and there and take every one of them. All right, yeah. you talk about servanthood. Let me, all right, listeners, let me tell you what I did this past Sunday. I came here to our local church and I helped open up the building, turn on the lights, get all of that, unlock all the doors. I printed out the order of service. I got everything in order. I went around to just take a look at the church. Well, this past Saturday night, we had a small wedding here at the church, beautiful wedding. But some <laughs> guy went into stall number three and left a portion of himself there. And you know what? I walked in. It smelled awful. I thought somebody's got to take care of it. People are coming in. Guests are coming in. We got enough COVID-19 and problems out there. They don't want to walk in uh, to a restroom that smells like burning tires. So I went and got the plunger and cleaned up that toilet. And you know what? Then I went back to my office, uh, put on my coat and tie, got my Bible and my sermon notes. And I drove 45 minutes north and, and preached as a guest speaker in another service. So, you know, that servant spirit that never left me, it's, it's just always been there. You know, you serve people, you serve uh, the house of worship, uh, you, you, you serve everything, even if it means uh, uh, plunging something down into the abyss where it belongs. Okay, uh, Brother Sullivan, uh, is it true that Mark Morgan shaved your head? Bishop Morgan shaved your head? <laughs> man, it is. That happened last year at youth convention. Um, man, which ironically was our last youth convention until 21 in Jesus name. But yeah, I, they, the young yes. people of the district raised a ton of money for she's for Christ. And I said that if they do that, I will let, uh, I'll let them shave my head. And so brother Morgan got the first swipe 
at it, and man, I looked horrible. <laughs> I, I looked horrible, man. And even I just I realized, man, I hope I keep my hair. I hope I don't go bald because I look like a horrible person. Just you know, keep your kids away, keep the keep the people away. <laughs> just one of those kind, one of those man. So I was just like, oh God, never again, never again. It was horrible. But man, oh, the man. kids loved it, and they just went berserk. And uh, uh, we have the greatest young people here in the Western District, and they're just awesome. Absolutely. And you know, kids still want to see that. They'll still give to Sheesh or Christ just to see their bald youth president. But who knows where it may go to next, man. It might have to be the sh the shaving of the eyebrows or something. I don't know. I don't know. You never know these days. Nope, 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 nope. All right, nope. all right. You know, bad things happen to the best of us. Now, you're a dig dignified, very sophisticated man, but there's a rumor going around that you crashed a scooter at, at uh, NYC <laughs> last year. Can you confirm or deny? Man, uh, it wasn't at NAYC. It was at uh, it was a general conference. Oh, general conference. General conference Man. in Indianapolis. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't get a rental car for the week. I just I was staying man a few blocks away from the uh, convention center. So man, I'll just I'll just walk and save a few hundred bucks on the rental car. And so I just I saw these bird scooters. And I was like, oh man, this is cool. So I downloaded the app and. Uh, I got this bird scooter and bro, I was flying on the sidewalk and you know, I'm a big dude and like big dudes probably shouldn't be riding scooters at full throttle on sidewalks with a lot of people. And so I wasn't quite used to it yet. And I hit those, I hit those, you know, those bumps, um, the yellow, yeah. the yellow things. I don't even know what they're called. The, oh, the, the handicap, uh, the handicap bumps there when you come onto yeah. the sidewalk and I hit those things and man, I just, I lost control and I just sprawled and rolled. It was a pretty dramatic moment. And I, uh, I, uh, just lost control and I fell and I look up as I'm laying there in my self pity and shame. I look up and there is a bunch of people across the street just laughing their heads off. At this big old guy who just fell off of a scooter and uh, is just laying there. So I just started laughing. Yeah, yes. they were super kind. And uh, uh, I just got back up and kept on going. <laughs> there you go, man. You keep on going no matter what. Uh, uh, All right. Powerful. There, there, uh, uh, there's also another, uh, associate evangelist friend of ours, Bobby Wade. Oh, I love All right. Bobby, Bobby Wade. Wade. All right. <laughs> All right. Can you give us a greeting from Bobby Wade, brother, brother Sullivan? <laughs> Man, well, uh, uh, me and Bobby are great friends and we talk a lot and he, uh, he, he's just so such a cool guy, but he's just got a unique way of, uh, of talking and, uh, and he talks like this and he, he begins to tell you something that, that you want to hear. And <laughs> when he begins to tell you certain things, he, has a pause in his voice <laughs> and and he loves to talk about cooking pork loins yes and he says when i when i tyler tyler listen i'm telling you this pork loin that i'm smoking today is probably the best pork loin i've ever had in my life <laughs> and i'm telling you the holy ghost came into the room when i brought this pork loin in the house and jody was over there in Madison. We all ate the pork loin for lunch. And uh, then we went to church and I had to drive 800 miles to where I was going to preach that night. And that pork loin started moving and doing something in my stomach. And, and, and well, it was good service that night. That's all <laughs> I'll say. It was a good, good service. Oh, man. So much, much love to Bobby Wade. He's awesome. He's so cool. One of the greatest. One of the greatest. Absolutely. Well, there you have it, Western District. Your youth president, UPCI, one of your great evangelists, the one and only Brother Tyler Sullivan. All of our listeners, remember, remember, promotion comes from God. Listen to your pastor. And most of all, love the presence of God. Thank you so much, Brother Sullivan, for being with us. We appreciate it. Absolutely, man. God bless you. Love you, and uh, take care. All right. 
Love you too, man. I wish I was there. We could go enjoy the ocean and maybe a bag full of uh, In-N-Out burgers. <laughs> maybe someday. Oh, man. I just went to In-N-Out yesterday, man. Uh, and I have to say that In-N-Out so much better than Whataburger. So much better. There you go. <laughs> all right, you all. We'll talk to you next week. And remember, every day above ground is a great day. We love you. Be blessed. Be blessed.